0: I wish that they would do something to make it more affordable for everybody. Like, you know, not to the point where it's, you know, it's not fun for the, the spectators, but just, I feel like we lost a lot of really good riders in the past couple of years. And I would love to see them be able to, to bring those riders back. Plus we have a lot of, you know, doing the amateur, you know, the amateur races with you. There's a lot of upcoming kids. And to, to not think that they'll be able to, to jump up to the next thing when they get of age. Like, you wanna make sure there's something for them when they turn 16. So.
1: Episode 169, Tank Slapping Podcast muscling this fucker out today i'll tell you what eric uh this has been a really long week man how's my sound is my sound all right
2: you sound like you have one leg
1: <laughs> i do have one leg essentially i mean it's i have two but the other one's pretty much useless right now but um yeah man i uh this is about the first to- first day that i could even think about trying to do this thing so um yeah it's a lot worse it's a lot worse than i thought it would be it's the the first few days were it is, it's like living in hell man it's 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 not fun at all and i've had other surgeries but it's been a while i kind of for, i forgot really what what it all felt like and and this one this one's definitely i mean like i said it's been 13 years since i've had my arm surgery but this one's probably the worst so for those listening that don't know i had um acl reconstructive surgery and they used a graft from my hamstring or my quadricep. So they qu- they cut my quadricep open. They took a tendon out of that and that is my new ACL. So
2: um and I'll say that you don't have much quad to be ripping apart too. So they probably had to really <laughs> do some uh digging. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no. It's it's uh and then he had to fix like a lot more of my meniscus than he anticipated. I, he thought I'd yeah. be able maybe to put wait on it sooner or walk on it sooner. But my, my meniscus was, uh, complex, he said. So they had to fix that. Mm And, uh, yeah, a lot more stuff than I anticipated, but surgery went really well. I had a, um, Jared Meese actually referenced a guy who he's done some, uh, work on Alan Baker's athletes, uh, Dean Wilson. I think he did Malcolm Stewart. So had a really good surgeon and everything's good, but, um, bro, it's been hell. So I'm (laughs) 1% better every day. Started therapy today and, yeah, we're we're moving along here and everything is all right man. It's uh people have it a lot worse than me. That's it's definitely what I got to remember and kind of keep on keeping on is uh is the motto. So.
2: Yes sir. And like I I've been telling you, you know, there's no two similar ACL surgeries, you know. So like if some people say, "Oh, well, I was walking by such and such day." You know, congratulations. I'm glad that you were able to do that with your your recovery but it's you know everybody's different everyone's body is different and um it uh it's gonna be a long road but you know lima's is coming up so let's fucking go
1: yeah exactly yep <laughs> i uh yeah therapy day was really cool because it kind of like it enabled me to see like what i can do and um just get yeah. some guidance and some insight and i also want to give a shout out uh shout out to doc henry um out there in texas he's done ACL surgeries for Jared Meese and Brandon Robinson. And he's done a, a lot of surgeries for a lot of really, um, really well-known racers. And uh, without his guidance on all this, he really helped me out a lot. He, he did want me to get a cadaver graft instead of the hamstring because of the faster healing. But I went with the hamstring because it, they say it, you know, hopefully it's a little bit more durable using your own, your yeah. own tendon. But, uh, I don't know, man, the hamstring tendon might, <laughs> I should, I was kind of like questioning it the first few days because that it's that's the most sore part about my my knee is where they pulled that tendon out of my quadricep. But
2: well, and too, like it's gonna be like you don't forget that you broke shit, right? Because like I broke my foot and ankle when I did my whole accident, and when I got back, you know, I was like, All right, I can I can walk now. And then I took a step and I was like, Oh fuck, that hurts. Like, cause you don't do anything with your your bones or whatever. So that uh we'll get over that hurdle soon
1: yeah i'm just tired of sitting around bro but like i said it's all part of it we'll keep on keeping on um yeah so this episode man i i i was i've been a little bored well i've been really bored but i uh reached out to the the fans on the pod instagram and sorry but we've been a little inactive we're uh hopefully we can pick this pick this up and get going but been a little inactive and i just kind of asked people who they want to hear and been sharing some of the answers some of them are really funny like some are people i would never have on the fucking show (laughs) and then some were uh, i guess i can't say never you know i never thought i'd have a couple people that we've had already so um but one guy he said your your mom and i was like i think he was being a smart ass but i was like you know what fuck it i'm gonna get my mom on the pod so (laughs) here we are eric i got uh my mom coming on here in a second but a real quick shout out to the sponsors that make this possible, keep me employed, and and keep this pod, you know, everything uh, that they do for the show, and a lot of them help sponsor my events, and, you know, they they really help keep what I have going and make it possible, so Mission Foods, Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing, Kicker Audio, Indian Motorcycle, Moto America, Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, and Jerry Stinchfield out of Dallas, Texas, Roof Systems of Dallas, really good guy, man, really thankful to have his support. Without further ado... Mom is on the pod. What's good, Mom?
0: <laughs> hey, how are you? How are you guys?
1: Oh, Wonderful. you know how I am. You know, fuck, you know how I am. So I, I, uh, I do fuck. know. Not doing, <laughs> not doing amazing. But this is cool because uh, I haven't called you yet today. I don't think so. We can just bang out our phone call of the day and do the pod all at one time. So.
0: <laughs> and you're in a good mood. That's all good. So.
1: You are you saying, "I'm not always in a good mood." <laughs>
0: well no not so much
1: (laughs) well no it's nice to uh it was a pain to get up and get all this situated but now that i'm doing it it's a little bit of a normal normalcy a little bit so it's uh it's good did you ever think i'd call you to have you on the pod or
0: no
2: well, here we are mom
0: (laughs) i i said i'm not i'm not mama kelsey so i don't know
2: (laughs) yeah yeah so i wanted to quickly ask Kim, you were down in Florida for winter throwdown and then you left right before the surgery, correct? Or did you stay for that a little bit and then go home?
0: Heck no, I went home.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I asked that because when I had my surgery, I was such a pain in the ass. My wife, she secretly bought a plane ticket for my for my mother and flew her all the way out here to Washington State and said, you deal with them. So I'm wondering how much longer you've got until you get a plane ticket in your mailbox and you've got to go down to Florida.
0: Well, funny, funny you should ask or you know mention that because he did want me to fly down. He wanted me to fly <laughs> down. So <laughs>
1: What, yeah, it's Corey, well, I'm dude. Kidding. It's yeah, it's we're a mess right now with with my knee and Amber is literally she's due in a couple weeks. Like the baby could basically come anytime. She's nine months pregnant, and then ah, uh, two dogs. A, a, a you know, cruise. Just you know, I have Evan and Trent here, and they're helpful, but they're always you know they're riding and training. I have them doing their you know their motos and their training, and. Yeah, my sister Keeley's here, but she works, so it's it's dude, it's it's been uh been interesting, but yeah, mom, I just wanted to have you on the pod um and talk about you know our journey with racing and things like that. I'm sure Eric's got a lot more questions than I do, or he you know he'll probably want some insight, but obviously you have uh, you have four kids, me and Shana, and then we have my brother Hunter, who is a really um, really good high school wrestler. Um, went to college, kind of briefly had a, <laughs> a brief college stint where he went to college for wrestling and, you know, he probably would have been a really good college wrestler too, but he just kind of decided it wasn't for him. And then on top of Hunter Keeley, our youngest, uh, sister, she comes to a lot of the races. People have probably seen her kind of bobbing around, but she was, uh, a really accomplished gymnast. And I don't know, I don't remember all the stats if she was a level 10 or 12, not. Or- no. What? She was
0: a 9. Level 9.
1: Level 9 gymnast, which is I guess it's a pretty high level cuz the stuff she would do was always pretty cool. So, um, but she was a what? State champion uh balance beam gymnast and stuff like that, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, my exactly. my brother my brother was a state qualifier in Pennsylvania for wrestling. So we yeah, we've we've always been really busy with sports and everything like that. So, and then before me and Shayna started racing full- time, like I played soccer and ice hockey, and Shayna did soccer, and I wrestled a little bit and ran track. So, yeah, talk about balancing uh maybe the early years with four kids and um kind of balancing all that, like the athletics and all the different sports and learning the different sports and how that's been with uh all four of your kids.
0: It wasn't that bad because you and your brother were 10 years apart and Shana and Keely are 10 years apart. So you guys started into a lot of the sports like soccer and all that prior to them <laughs> getting to the age where they could compete. And then as you and Shana transitioned more into racing is when they started getting into some additional sports. But like most parents, when you and Shayna were fully fledged into soccer, I was very involved. I'm always on the sidelines um, had to figure out what everything was because no one else in our family did soccer until you and Shayna did. Um, but yeah. And then as Corey and yeah, Corey Hunter and Keely got into wrestling and into gymnastics, you guys were traveling. So it gave me a lot of time to get into their sports. So even with wrestling, I ended up, being involved going to all the ma- matches I got assigned to tables I got charge of the scoring and teaching everyone how to score wrestling and then with Keely I ended up on the you know parents club and running meets and kind of doing what you do with winter throwdown which helped me to integrate myself into that because we'd have 500 600 girls at a meet on a weekend so that we were setting up and running with
2: So growing like uh, you know Obviously the the large portion of the people listening know the the journey that uh Corey and Shayna have had. To go back before all of that, did you when you when you had uh Corey and Shayna, did you did you always know that they were eventually going to get into racing? It was what just was was gonna happen. And um I guess what I'm asking is, is the 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 hard yards, these these you know, the years of their development, is it something that you you just always knew that was going to, you know, be your future.
0: No, not really, because that was something they mainly did with their dad. But I mean, they've been on bikes since they since they've been little. I mean, Corey was on motorcycles, Um, you know, probably not quite as soon as Cruz, but just about. So uh, he did training wheels on his and loved it. So I figured they might be involved in it, but I wasn't really sure. And like I said, when. When Randy was, you know, alive and they were doing everything with Randy, I didn't do a lot of it with them. It okay. wasn't until after, after you know, Randy passed and that I really got involved in the the racing with them as well.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I didn't, um, bro. I didn't know I was gonna be a racer until I was probably in high school. Um, I I didn't have like a strong passion for actually racing or riding. Like I probably would only ride. I would only ride a few times every summer, just in the backyard on an XR 100. Um, I did a couple races when I was younger on like a 50, but I, I, I wasn't good. I wasn't good. So I, I didn't think I'd be a, be a racer really at all. Um, when I was younger, I, I was obsessed with ice hockey. Like I was a big ice hockey guy. And, um, it's kind of crazy now. Cause I don't, I don't watch any hockey hardly anymore, but growing up, I, I loved hockey. I mean, I'd, but mom I'd go down the basement every day after school we had a little ass basement but it was concrete and I'd I'd rollerblade and shoot the ball on the wall and grab it and skate on the other side and shoot the ball on the wall and um really liked hockey and and that was kind of what I what I enjoyed doing first uh the funny thing about that was uh it was really expensive so we thought compared to racing but it was <laughs> it was expensive <laughs> yeah. so we I didn't I didn't really play I played for like three or four seasons mom right yeah Season?
0: It was something like that. I mean, it wasn't long, like, because let's face it, you know, hockey players are six feet tall.
1: Fuck you and... saying? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were it was so funny because he was so small compared to the other kids that played hockey, but he had a lot of heart. So he's like like anything he does, he throws himself in at one hundred and ten percent. And it would be so funny because there would people the guys would go over and they would check him and they would always miss him so there's like four guys that are checking you know him and then he'd come out in between the middle of them because they never hit him they it was it was hysterical they I got hit a few check. times
1: i remember <laughs> i got laid out a few times but i was so small that you actually i don't know if you remember but uh you made me take like checking clinics like i took a couple clinics like learning how to check um check people and Um, yeah, I, I have some really funny ice hockey pictures where all the guys are literally towering over me, but I actually had a, I had a decent check because I was good at skating. And I think in ice hockey, when, if you have, if you're good on your skates and, um, you could be the strongest guy out there, but if you're clumsy and you don't have strong ankles, you're going down if you get touched. And I I always, I always felt like I was a really strong skater. So I, I was able to kind of make up for my 3 foot height <laughs> with uh my ability to skate. So, ah, yeah, it's that's interesting. It's uh funny to look back on that stuff. Now, oh, and I did karate, mom, right? We were we were big karate uh, people, me and Shayna. It's like I did uh what, 4 probably 3 4 years of karate too, so.
0: Yeah, yep, yep. And you won contests in that even as young as you were and Shayna not so much. Shayna was in it just for the fun. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. is it is that just kind of like what was big in uh kind of Lancaster area um that you that that's the stuff that you got into cuz for me growing up in the Midwest I mean it was just the big 3 and if you didn't do that you were a social pariah and um so I don't have any experience necessarily with like karate or Why hockey. Why did I or...
1: play hockey, mom? I don't even I don't remember. You
0: it was finding your niche. Like, I think it was like, I was trying to expose you guys to whatever made sense at the time. Like there was, you know, hockey leagues in our area. It was really big at that time. And, and it wasn't in Lancaster. It was, you know, when he lived with me, which was in, you know, in Pottstown. So it was just trying to find, and I tell people that all the time, like, you know, try different things with your kids because just because you like, it doesn't mean that your kid's going to like it or that's something that they're going to, Excel at like it could be something so ridiculous as you know bowling or tennis, you know something that you and I say ridiculous, but it's just something that's totally out of your comfort zone that they end up like I hate it wrestling, oh my
1: god! <laughs> I, I tried absolutely. to get my brother in the wrestling when he was really young, and my mom didn't want to get him into it, and well because
0: uh, of the yeah. weight thing, like losing weight, and I was like not into it at all. I fought it for years. I knew nothing about it either, so.
1: I think, yeah. too, with hockey, I was a big uh, I liked, like like uh, the Philadelphia Flyers back then where were a really yeah. good team with like Eric Lindros and John LeClaire and the Legion of Doom. And I used to really like watching hockey. And I had some friends. I think the kids that you hang out with, too. Like I had some friends that played and, uh, yeah. you know, if all your friends play badminton, you're you're probably going to gravitate toward badminton. I, I think it's the people you hang out with and. It, I guess that's kind of with racing, like getting crews in the racing. It's just like, what else are we going to do? Like we're we'll always at <laughs> the track. We might as well, he might as well ride. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to get out of your comfort zone, but it's really hard to do that as well. Um, just because it's just, it's just what you're accustomed to, uh, to doing. So yeah, growing up, um, I did normal sports with my mom and I lived, lived with my mom most of the time. And then on the weekends we'd ride dirt bikes with my dad. Um, but then my dad passed away in 2010, mom, obviously that was a really hard time for, for me and Shayna. And that's when you, uh, before that though, like we were pro for a couple of years and you, you know, you would come to our local pro races and things like that and support us. But after dad yeah. passed away, you kind of, you kind of stepped up more. So maybe talk about, about that time frame and, and, uh, and kind of how we were able to navigate that.
0: Yeah. So that was a really hard time for you guys because um, you were just getting in, I mean, into it with them. And I knew that's where your passion was. So um, I did what I needed to do to help you guys keep going. I mean, you, you really put in the work and Shana put in the work. Um, The least I could do was show up. And that's what I just started doing. And I mean, I went to races when I was younger. I raced a little bit um at some of the local tracks because some of my friends raced and the people I hung out with. So we did I did some powder puff stuff, nothing like you know, Shana does, but it, uh, it, was, it was just fun. You powder
1: know? puff ripa. Uh. <laughs> whose bike did yeah. you ride? Tell, tell Eric whose bike you used to rip around in powder puff.
0: <laughs> I mean, I had my own bike, but one time my bike broke, so I asked Jimmy Varns um if I could ride Kevin's bike. It was a brand <laughs> brand new spanking bike that he got. And and he was a he was young at the time, but brand new bike, brought it to the track. Jimmy's like, sure, go ahead, ride it. And I had a 125 that you could pop the clutch and it didn't, it didn't buck at all. Like it just it drove off the line, you know, like it was really good. And he put me on this motocross bike that was Kevin's new bike. And the first start I did, the whole bike did a wheelie and I like pushed it away from me and the bike went down and oh my God, I thought Kevin was going to kill me. He was so. you Larry
1: looped out? You KX-60'd his bike? I didn't know that. I,
0: oh, brand new bike too. Like it was.
1: That's embarrassing, mom. Jimmy's like, it's
0: it's okay. It's all right. And Kevin, he was, he was having a fit. Uh, And I felt terrible too, because, you know. (laughs) Yeah yeah it was yeah it
1: it was what it was so but yeah keep going sorry
0: yes so um yeah so i kind of like used to hang at the races too but that was like that was like your thing to do with your dad so when he did pass i mean it's not like it was torture for me to go to the races i love going to the races i grew up at the races with my dad um and yeah i just wanted to be there for you guys if you needed anything I, i mean I don't, I can't rent on a bike. I can't do any of that stuff. All I can do is give encouragement and, you know, be there. So.
2: And I think too, that like, that goes at least for me, like, and this was from when I was, you know, a little kid all the way up until now, like I, I get reassurance when I look up and I, and I find where my mom is right when she comes to events and it's always been that way. And I just think like having a parent, you know, there watching your kid perform is reassurance. So I, you know, you may have wished that you could have done more, but I can guarantee you that Corey and Shane were all like, "Yep, that's all I need. You're here. That's good." So uh, I think that's you know, I've always said it's really important for parents just to be there, in any capacity, so to speak. So that's that's awesome to hear. And so I mean, I'm gonna what I do on this pod is I ask the really hard hitting questions. Questions, Kim. So I'm gonna ask you what the hell happened and why is Corey the way he is? Who is he, you know, like, what's his story? Why is he like this? No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, the typical mom's answer, it's it's all because of his dad. <laughs> 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 Everything that is good is me. Everything that is a challenge is his dad.
2: <laughs> in, in all seriousness, I will say this, um, you know, being the mom, who do you, when you are around Corey, I mean, do you see more of yourself when you were younger or do you see Randy or maybe a mixture of both? Who does he, in your opinion, who's he, who's he remind you of?
0: Oh, I I think he, remi- I think he, he has a lot of both of our personalities to be honest okay. with you. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I know like some of the quirky things like he does and like, I, my kids always rem- the girls remind me, Oh, yep. There's Corey, you know, if I do or say something, but I, <laughs> I also see his, you know, his dad had a lot of drive. So outside of everything with us, he had a lot of drive. He wanted to do good. He wanted to, you know, he had a passion for racing. Um, He devoted a lot of time to it. He put a lot of time into it. He always wanted to be the the best and, and do really well with whatever he did. So. I mean, I kind of do some of that, but his dad, his dad was like that. So, you know, with the racing and, you know, maybe some of the other stuff I pushed him into that to try. I mean, he always, he always wanted to do the best. And, um, but you know, Randy, and Randy, and yeah, he was, he was a, really he had the drive let me just say that he had the drive to do and wanted to accomplish a lot and so whether he did or not you know whatever he did he always put 100 percent into it so
2: um
0: i'm not even going to go into the quirky stuff that he gets from me though
1: (laughs) (laughs) um well actually now i mean you, you talk about that a little bit i think that's something we could bring up like Cause that was something that you dealt with a lot was a lot of the personal things that I had going on, you know, when I was younger in middle school and high school. And I think uh-huh. it's, I think it's really, um, I, you know, I've always kept it close, close to me as far as uh, Corey, the racer. And I never talked about it much until I did. Um, I did the podcast with Raspoli and Corey Alexander last year, two years ago. And I talked about yep. my, my struggle with anxieties and obsessive compulsive disorder and, People throw around the term anxiety very loosely. Um, yeah. So many people are like, "Yeah, I have anxieties." I'm like, "Shit, you don't even know." <laughs> um, yeah. So that was a major, major struggle for me. Where I, it's you look back and look, looking back at it now, I, I think it's, um, it's crimeful for me to like try to hide that. Um, I think for me to speak out on it and have people relate to it is big especially in my my line of work as a motorcycle racer it's a dangerous sport there's injuries you know i i've seen my friends like you know they're not here anymore so it's uh to to be in that line of work i picked a very tough line of work for the things and the quirks as you say um to deal with so talk about that a little bit don't don't hold back on it definitely like let you know talk about those times and and you help me navigate it so
0: yeah I think it was really hard, especially back then. It wasn't, there wasn't as much out about a lot of it. So for us trying to figure out like what you had going on, what was causing you to be so like hyper alert to things that were happening. I mean, we live by the power plant and that was like a really big trigger for you back then. Um, But I didn't hear a lot about these, any of these disorders or any of these things going on with kids until... I literally had to try to navigate that with you and doing that. I've learned so much about, you know, anxiety, stress, uh, OCD, ADHD, ADD. Um, And I had to, I had to try to read it. I mean, we, I, you know, it was really hard for you because you were going through it and you know how you were feeling. But as a mom, it's really hard for me because I didn't know what I could do to help you. And sometimes you like, you you try to pay, play the tough mom or the tough parent, and you're like, stop, like, you know, and you couldn't, like, you can't. I mean, your impulsiveness, like that, a lot of that comes from having these, you know, what they what they're labeling now, which they didn't have a label back there. A lot of kids back then that had these issues got labeled as bad. They were bad kids, they were disorderly, and there was a lot of titles and i that wasn't i wasn't letting them label you like that in our school district i had to fight really hard for you to get some of the help that you needed back then and it it made me really mad but um you had teachers who got were very narrow minded they were great teachers but they weren't even exposed to some of the things that you had going on and i literally had to go in front of principals counselors to get you the help that you need it to be. And, you know, the bad part of it is too, is that um, I had to fight so hard for that. And, And now looking back, they realize that they had given up on you and as successful as you are now, like anybody, it makes me mad that they gave up on some of those other kids because you guys, anybody can be successful. And they needed to work with them. And that was a big, motiv- you know, motivational thing that they did this year is your school invited you back to do a, a talk like it was past, present and future. And that was like huge because they saw that you could be successful given the right tools and the right understanding. And that was a lot of the things that I had to fight for for you in school to me make sure that you had that and that you had an IEP in place and that they were adhering to it. And yeah, it was a lot of, it was a lot of time and a lot of battles.
2: That's one of the, one of the things that I, I love most about your son is how, how much he and I have in common and, you know, hearing about, you know, kind of his, his struggles growing up while mine were a little bit different. I, I, I came from a, you know, a divorced household, which it was not a very nice split at all. And it was lingered for a long time. And through that, I definitely, you know, like when they talk about like your ACE score and stuff, like my shit, my fucking A score is high. So to hear, you know, that, that his school and, you know, invited him back that that's so awesome to hear that. Cause you're, as you were saying, like any, like, if you know if there was the understanding that there is today when we were kids you know there'd be so many so many more success stories but you know you know what can you do other than just shake your head but you know yeah back when we were kids it was uh you know get your shit together get in line if you're not with us you know you're going to get left behind and um Yeah, I've not been invited back from my school yet, but I, you know, I haven't had the I haven't had the success that Corey's had. So I'll keep plugging along.
0: (laughs) The funniest thing I ever heard is that, you know, his he had a counselor and that um, what was Amy? I don't know, Amy. She's awesome. She was his his crutch in school. She is a big reason why he graduated. And he did, you know, he made it through. But, you know, they reminisce with, with each other and you know saying about how successful he is and they all thought he might end up at working at mcdonald's like that's what they thought that his career goal was gonna be because they you know yeah
1: when i were we're not sugarcoating it when they they were they did not do they they told me i was like dude they were teachers were mean back then i mean the shit they got away with telling me if they did it now they'd get canceled quick but um yeah it was it's actually crazy looking back i i sort of let let. I mean, what else was I gonna do? But like some of the way the teachers talked to me, uh, and the way they treated me looking back now is pretty messed up. But yeah, no, it was cool. It was cool to get invited back and have that have that uh that kind of talk. And it was in front of every single teacher in the school district. It was like a thousand teachers, and a lot of them were some of the teachers I had I had back when I was in school, man. So it was crazy seeing uh seeing a lot of the teachers come up and I mean, they couldn't wait till that bell freaking rang to get me out of class. And they were, you know, they were stoked to see me. I was like, come <laughs> on, man, you couldn't stand me in school. So, uh, yeah, that, that journey was definitely really tough. And, uh, you know, aside from like the racing accomplishments, like going to college and getting a degree and just working on that side of it. Cause I, uh, I really struggled in school and, uh, with, you know, your support and, you know, there's a lot of people out there that listen to this podcast that can, that, that can probably relate to it that might not be, might not have the most talent on the motorcycle and none of that shit matters. I mean, as long as you, uh, you know, like my mom said, you're, you're plenty capable of, uh of doing making things happen. It's just, uh, it comes down to effort. And I think that's the one thing that I've always learned uh is effort. And honestly, like my stepdad, we sort of butted heads quite a bit growing up and, the one thing that I will say that I did learn from, I I've learned from him over the years is just kind of effort and putting effort into things. And, you know, as well as my dad and stuff too, but I think putting effort into, into things is, uh, is definitely underrated mom. So uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey. (laughs) It's crazy looking back how, where we're at, where we're at with it. And I'm definitely not, I'm far from perfect, trust me, but it's been, uh, it's cool to kind of grow and, and get to that point, the hardest part was the OCD, the obsessive c- like compulsive disorder and always thinking I was going to die. And, you know, I'd, I'd walk around cracks in the floor because I thought if I stepped on one, it was going to kill me. And just a lot of really, you know, turning the light on, the light switch off and on. And, you know, I had an issue probably for a few months. It started like getting worse. And I saw something on TV about somebody having OCD. And I looked at my mom. I was like, Mom, I, I have that. That's what I have and she's like no there's no way i was like dude i'm telling you i have that that's what i have and uh yeah. back then like she said there was no knowledge about it like to me i was just a weird kid like i mean i'm still <laughs> still weird but like um i'm open about it at least but back then it was yeah they just treated me like a like oh that kid's that kid's weird as hell he's just a weird kid so um yeah, it, yeah they but just get, they feel, give up on you but it feel
0: better made you feel better to have a name, like given to it what it was. And then the other thing is the medicine. Like, you know, they, they didn't know how to treat it and they treated everything the same. And then when they gave you medicine for one thing, then it it caused ticks or it would cause something else to happen too. So I think your journey with medicine and trying to figure, I know they asked you if you're on medicine when you went to get your surgery. (laughs) (laughs) and it's and you really found ways to combat that without taking the medicine and i know sometimes you struggle especially like like surgery or something like that but exercising working out keeping busy activities um so i think that was like you had to learn that as well so but you did that on your own so
2: yeah well that's uh really powerful to hear when when you speak about you know there's almost this level of you know, like relief when you find out what the hell is going on inside your head. Cause I can, you know, with my own, you know, struggles with post-traumatic stress after coming back from Afghanistan, I, you know, I had no idea. And then, you know, all these things start to line up and line, and then, holy shit, this is what's going on. You finally feel like there, you know, you can like take that step towards getting the help. So I'm sure when you found out about, I have OCD, that, that, that's it that started your journey. Well, and yeah, path, and it's you're nice to lost. know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: for sure. Because like, I mean, dude, think about it. Like, why the fuck am I switching a light? Like at the time, <laughs> everybody's like, what the hell are you doing? Stop doing that. It's like, I can't. They're like, yes, you can. I'm like, no, I can't. And it's, yeah, it's, it, it was a, a bad era for me to have like something like that going on. But um, yeah, and like my mom said, the more medicine I took, the more I felt like it, it was worse. And I'm not like, You know, at the time, that's you know what you did. There was you know, you just take medicine, tried it for medicine, and yeah, it was work.
0: Yeah, and if you messed you up in anything, like you'd have to go back and start all over. And you went through a phase where I had to say I love you, and I had to do it a certain way. And if I did it, you couldn't go to bed. Like it was, it was really bad. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's like one of a thousand different things. Like there was a time period, and I think it was seventh grade that. When I wrote my letters on a piece of paper, I, I couldn't connect my letters. So like I'd make the R and I couldn't connect like the lines. So all my writing, it looked like hieroglyphics. And I think, Mom, you probably saved some of those papers. Maybe we'll take a picture and post on them on the page. But I used to, um, yeah, I, I, I felt really anxious about connecting my letters. So I remember I did a, I did a spelling bee. Um, it was a written spelling bee in school. And I spelled like every single one right but I didn't, I didn't like connect my letters. So they, they like, they didn't accept it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't win the spelling because I, I had a, a condition where I felt uncomfortable connecting my letters and, and yeah, it was a, it was a bummer, but that, no, it's. So anyway, how old yeah,
2: were you when you started to kind of have small little victories over this and started to you know kind of move towards understanding and and you know you never really get over stuff like this but like no, you know start no. to find paths and stuff well, how old were you when that started happening
1: well what mom i had it i started getting it pretty bad in like seventh eighth grade um i seventh, mean it was
0: when puber- puberty has a lot to do with it too like i feel like as just your hormones, puberty mom <laughs> well i'm just saying as your hormones go up and down for guys it's it's really hard on anything like that too. So, you know, one day you, your hormones could be really high, the next they could be low. So I don't yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I don't know. It's it I think you were pretty old.
1: <laughs> no, I, I mean I was in seventh, eighth grade. I remember when I really struggled with it. Like middle school was yeah. a really tough time for me because in fifth and sixth grade, I was one of the popular kids. Like I dated, no, but I dated a lot of no, I know, but I'm saying like in fifth, sixth grade, I hung out with all the popular kids. I I dated, you know, better women, better looking women, probably it's still true today, but dated better looking women than I was probably signed up for. You know, I hung out with all the the kids that were popular. And then seventh, eighth grade, obviously, when I, I had all those issues, like no one really wanted to deal with me, I've obviously. So um, I remember, you know, seventh, eighth grade being really challenging and trying to find friends and keep friends with when you're doing weird shit all the time. It's, you know, people, they don't want to be associated with the weird kids. So And then, uh, you know, I think in, I think in high school I started coming back around and, uh, started to just feel, feel better and, uh, just, yeah. Dealing with it mainly through like sports and exercise and eating well and sleeping well and, um, things like that. Cause like, yeah, the medicine, it, it made me like bipolar and grumpy and, uh, you know, the one pill I made, it made me, I was taking, it made me like really chubby, like I was really chubby and. Yeah, it uh, did put weight on you. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's... here's a
0: here's here's a fun fact for for Corey. Um, in case you <laughs> you never heard this, I always laugh because anytime I hear anybody that went to in and around the time that Corey was in high school, they knew Corey. So if Corey started in ninth grade, and that kid was a senior during his freshman year, they knew him. They heard of him when Corey was a senior. And the kid was a freshman during that year, they knew him. Like anybody that was in that eight year period, like the three years before he hit high school and then or seven and the three years after. If I would ask him, I'd oh, my son went to Springford and I'd say his name, they're like, wait, we know I know him because he was all over the school. He was very charismatic. He was always into doing things that he shouldn't be doing. Um, and he always did things in front of everybody. <laughs>
2: So. so that kind of sounds like the exact and this is just from you know an outsider's viewpoint it kind of sounds like that would be kind of the, the opposite of like shana shana seems very reserved and yes. not like that so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you mean shana has fun all the time grumpy <laughs> kitty <laughs>
1: yeah. grumpy kitty yeah talk about that mom the differences between obviously a lot of the fans are you know flat track racing fans and they know Shay and they know, they know me from the pod and, you know, as being Shayna's brother. So talk about that a little bit, the differences between the two. I mean, you probably couldn't get two two different, different siblings. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. And then we'll talk more about some of the racing stuff. We'll get back on that.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, totally different ends of the spectrum. Uh, Shayna's, um, she, she does have fun, but it's more serious controlled fun. Corey was carving always... a
1: pumpkin is fun for Shana.
0: She loves <laughs> that. That's one of her favorite things, And it's gotta be, it's got, so she has a little bit of quirky things too. Like she loves doing it, but she doesn't bring attention. Like, you know, it's just more subdued. So her pumpkin's got to be perfect. It's always planned out. She's got to plan everything out. And, um, and that's not a bad thing, <laughs> but then you have your other one that it's for the moment. Like, you know, there's all kinds of craziness going on. So, but Shayna was always a favorite with, um, I always say older people, like um, always the 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 guys. Like she loves to hunt. She loves to fish. So I feel like they migrate towards her because she talks, you know, likes to talk to them about, you know, and she listens. She's a good listener. Um, but yeah, two t- totally different kids. She's I my am, health- uh...
1: I'm not a good listener. If you ask my wife, yeah. she'll tell you.
0: <laughs> so. You're not. You're not a great helper either. So, like if I ask, Yeah. If I ask my kids to help, I know Shane is going to help me. Corey, uh, it's a hit or miss. You know, growing. I always up-
2: say that I'm going to help you by giving you my opinion. I'm going to wow. help you by telling you a better way to open up a can of peaches. That's my shortfall. <laughs> yeah, you got to figure it out. You got to. You got to want it.
1: You got to learn. Uh,
0: and I'm like, just do it. <laughs>
2: What,
1: uh, going back to the riding side of it, I mean, you've been around the sport a long time and, uh, you know, as, as the mom of two, two professional slash former professional racers, uh, what do you see as like, who stressed you out more when they were racing? Was it more Shana? Was it more me? I mean, uh, you know, what who stressed you out more generally speaking and what were some of those most, the most. Stressful moments for you, like being there as a race mom at the top level in flat track.
0: Yeah. I mean, different times for both of you, and it depends who you were out racing against. So definitely shout them out.
1: Like, who?
0: No. Call them out. Come on. Call out. Come on. No, I'm not going to shout anybody out. No, come on, mom. But, but I can tell you, you that <laughs> the singles class definitely has some kamikaze people that really worry me. I mean, you just posted a perfect example of why I'm like, oh, my God, um, you know, with Shayna, like hitting the wall and she maintained it. I mean, I always you got better as you went, you know, through the years. Like I felt more comfortable with you, like in the last like part of like the, the, your career. And Shayna, um, I feel like um, it just stresses me out because of the younger kids that are coming up and they the, they, some of them are just kamikaze and they make me nervous. doesn't like mean Trent, no, like, like Trent, <laughs> Trent. Uh no, he's not. I don't think he's that case. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they're careful. Some of them going around, you know, when they come up to her, but there's some that they're like, get the heck out of the way. Like we're coming yeah. through.
1: Oh, they want to be chain of You know, I mean, at the time it was, oh, this girl's getting all this attention, you know, like they slam into her on a track one track out of the year, it might be like a short track. And the, the kid that never gets noticed, he's going to slam into her just, ah, oh, I got, I beat her for 10th in the semi. Like I've seen yeah. shit like that where people are like, you know, it's, uh, you know, one of them things, but uh, that brings up a good point. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on the internet. Um, not a lot, like we're not a super cross or anything, but flat track fans talk and you have Facebook and you see comments probably about me or Shayna, And, You've always done an, an amazing job of not chirping back. Um, yeah. How a, do you do that? <laughs> as a parent, it's very, you know, as a family member, because I, dude, I've chirped a bunch of times. So, uh, you know, you've always let us handle our own shit. Where a lot of these parents, they, you know, they get on there and they chirp and it honestly makes them look worse, I think. So you've always let us kind of handle our own stuff. And Shayna gets critiqued and criticized. More than anyone, probably in the history of the sport. So how do you, uh, what's some advice that you can give parents and how do you, how do you personally see something about your daughter that, you know, isn't true or, you know, and then oh. you just don't comment.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, sometimes it's really hard. I mean, it, they're social media warriors. Like, they're out there because they're not face in front of you. I mean, trust me, if somebody comes up in front of me and says something to me or, you know, would do something in person, you're going to knock the them first, out,
1: right? <laughs> I'll
0: be the first one. Like, I'll stand the on cuffs. a chair. I, I'll stand on a chair. Like, I, I you know, like, because I'm small too, and I don't care. I get very angry. But, but on social media, and the other, they don't know you guys like I do. And for Shayna, especially you handle yourself because you your words um, are very powerful. and that's what I that's one of the biggest things that I love about you is that you have um, such a a skill with making your word words very powerful, whether it's for good or whether you're dressing somebody down. Shayna, I never had to worry about her because we I would just wait because her fan base would always come to the rescue her fan base would always step up and dress those you know social media warriors down like I wouldn't have to do it I mean odd that I wouldn't and there's stuff that I was like yeah that's what I would say too (laughs) but for her they they always took care of it you never had to say anything or or you did Corey you you sometimes you
2: know step up but um, I've yeah. heard too, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. That I've heard, what like when it comes to some parents that have professional athletes as their children, they they learn to um, how do I say this? Essentially, filter everything that they see and 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 understand that someone typing their opinion, they learn that it's not necessarily about their child that they're taking a swipe at. It's the personality, the persona, the professional athlete that like some of these parents have to kind of like disassociate themselves with. All right. My my child is a professional professional athlete Um, and is actually, um, uh, you know, I forget the the, it was a basketball player's parents that were saying it was Steph Curry. Uh, They were saying that they just basically look at Steph Curry, the basketball player, you know, he's elevated to this level. It's not really who my son is. My son is the little kid that I taught how to, you know, tie their shoes. Did you ever kind of, kind of have that moment when, when your kids were coming up and in the sport and having success and seeing hot takes online? like, Oh, yep. That's just them going after the storyline or their, you know, their sports persona. Yeah. Kind of talk a little bit about that.
0: Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't know if I can separate the two. The okay. only way I the only way I separate it is they don't know my child. They don't know the, the, the obstacles that my kids had mm-hmm. to, to overcome. And, you know, they're only seeing it from their from their side of, you know, yeah. the, the view. They're not they're not here. They're not beside them. They're not there when they're, you know sad or angry or you know disappointed they have no idea the true personality and like that's one thing that I do look at like when I'm on like I'm like you know you can get mad like sometimes you know I get mad if somebody hits one of the kids or does something like on the track but I'm like you know at the end of the day they're all trying to do the same thing they're all trying to go out there and win and accomplish something and do I like the way they're doing it? Maybe not all the time. And I hope that at some point they learn. And, and as I watch them, they do learn. But the people on the outside looking in who don't talk to them, who who have never met them in person, they don't know them. They don't know the real person they are. And both, you know, all my kids are good kids. They all will do things for other people. They all, you know, if somebody asks them for something, like they they will go out of their way to help no matter who it is even if it's somebody if they've had some kind of you know something happen on the track the next week you know it they could need something and, and my kids would be there so i i kind of try to separate it like that like they don't know them and so their opinion doesn't really matter so but you know yeah. sometimes i just have to, sometimes i have to get off social media too like
1: me too mom me too yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, like I, mean, I, I
0: could create a another, you know, like do what everybody else does and create a, you know, a burner. A burner, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: Kevin Durant. Uh <laughs> I mean, I think the narrative too with people is uh not just with Shane and myself, but anybody that makes it to the top level, and I've said it before, is they see the destination, but they don't see the journey, or they they want to forget the journey that it took and a lot of people with Shayna and, and, you know, myself and other racers that do remotely well in the sport. Like, obviously I wish I would have done a lot better, but, uh, they, they, uh, Oh, they, they've had everything handed to them on a silver spoon and, you know, Oh, you know, and that's like, Shayna's a, the best example you'll ever see of not understanding, uh, cause or, or knowing exactly where the hate come from. Cause she's like, I pissed off, quite a few people like, let's be honest. So I have and I and I and I wear it like I, I own it. Right. So but Shana, she really has never done anything. She's never chirped back it. I've never once seen her comment or chirp back on the Internet. I've never once seen her be controversial on in an interview. I've never once seen her, you know, do anything remotely where people could not be a fan. And they despise her because of the, you know, the the promotion and the uh,
0: notoriety, the, the
1: notoriety, and it's a jealousy thing. And that's why when I see comments now about Shay, it's like, dude, she's never done anything to anybody. She she's never asked for the um, the exposure. I mean, if if Shayna did her job better, she probably would have had a lot more sponsorships and stuff <laughs> like that. But she don't give a shit, man. Like she. She wants to race. And then when the day's over, she she's not a racer. Like when she leaves the track, that's 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 her job. It's not who she is. You know, it's it's what she does. It's not who she is. And, um, you know, that's a that, homebody.
0: That, yeah. That's what I
1: mean. That exposure, like the magazines and all that. She's never she don't f- care. She never bragged about it. She doesn't. If you know Shayna away from the track, like she wouldn't even know she races. She never talks about it. She don't ever want to like we never talk about racing uh, it's very uncommon. We ever have a conversation about racing. And that's one thing when I got really wrapped up in championships and things like that, I had to sit back and I made a note in my phone that I looked at all the time. It's like, I think I still have it in there. It's dude, racing is what I do. It's not who I am. And that really helped me take the stress off of being successful is, uh, is just knowing that there's a, you know, life is, uh, there's so much more to life than this, this sport we all love to do. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's really helped me. So it's it's good to get your perspective on that. Are we still there, mom? Yep. All right. All right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing for that. <laughs> God, he he spills
1: his heart out I for spilled you. Spilled <laughs> my heart out. Oh man. No,
0: I mean, no, I agree. He need <laughs> yeah. he needed to do that. Um, I didn't know you were asking for my perspective, but no. um you definitely Jen. needed to do that because you sometimes you get in your head too. And, but the, the funny part is, is that you usually manage to figure out a way to ground it, like to ground yourself and to pr- pull yourself back in. I mean, um, you're very good at that. Um, so.
1: I got a question. Me and Shana are on the, it, me and Shana are in a, let's say one V one at winter throwdown. Who do you want to win? Shana. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's tough. <laughs> oh boy! All right, all right. No, all right.
0: you know what do I always say? Well, guess like, what? You know, like, Her
1: starts are shit. Mine are really good. So <laughs> she, he's, when she's you got... guys
0: line up on the track together, which you didn't do a whole lot, but the one year you did, it was always like, I don't care. I'm hoping one of them, you know, wins it, and the other one does well. But the end of the day, I it was usually wanted,
1: Shana I, that year. I, Shana won.
0: I. Well, I just want you guys both to to be safe.
1: So for those bikes
2: that uh, Rob was giving you, you know, they, they they weren't any good, right? That's, that's (laughs) what, that's the storyline.
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I could have rode them better. We'll say that we'll say that, but yeah. (laughs) Um, And then we got, we got a brother, we got a new brother-in-law a few years ago and he's a pain in our ass, but he rides decent. Um, So that's, that's a whole nother one, right? So you have, you know, you you one of them retired is one less stressful thing, and then you have probably the most stressful liability rider in the sport that now lives with us. You know, lives right <laughs> down the street from you. So, yeah, talk about that. <laughs> what I mean, when you first met Briar, did you think he'd be the one? I sure as hell didn't.
0: I I did only because of talking to Shayna because her and I share a lot. I really did, Um but knowing you know him and his riding style like i said he, he he rides a lot like pop did when he rode sprint cars so he's high and wide and he makes me very nervous so um yeah adding another one to the mix um i get just as nervous watching him as i do you guys too so and and he always i'm like did you hit that wall i think you hit that wall he's like i might have tapped it i'm like oh my god
1: what a. Uh... So- yeah. I got a couple more questions. We'll let you go. I'm, I'm waiting for everybody to get back here. So I'm just chilling, but uh what do you think of adventure trackers, mom? I don't have any thoughts on that. What do you think about the rules packages? I mean, can we get some sort of CNN or Fox news insight on flat track from you? I mean,
0: no, give I us just, a hot
1: take. What's your pet peeve right now for a pro flat uh, track?
0: Okay, here's my pet peeve. I wish that they would do something to make it more affordable for everybody. Like, you know, not to the point where it's, you know, it's not fun for the the spectators. But just, I feel like we lost a lot of really good riders in the past couple of years, and I would love to see them be able to to bring those riders back. Plus, we have a lot of, you know, doing the amateur, na- you know, the amateur races with you. There's a lot of upcoming kids. And to, to not think that they'll be able to, to jump up to the next thing when they get of age. Like, you want to make sure there's something for them when they turn 16, so.
2: Speaking of kids, I've got a question here for you. So, you know, you, you see the, the you know, the notoriety and the press and the hype, and it's deserved, right? What do you think of uh, Cruz? his, his, uh, his persona being so young, having such a big following. Um, do you have any reservations about it or are you all in and love it? Um, you know, I, you know, just, yeah. Tell me what you think about how Cruz is starting to make a name for himself, uh, with all the cool videos and the wins and stuff he's racking up.
0: Yeah. So I'm very proud of him. Um, I feel like, um, his parents, um, managed that well. I yeah. feel like if they didn't manage it the way they did, like, sometimes it makes me nervous because of his notoriety and, you know, just the crazy people that are out there nowadays. Yeah. But I also feel like the way that Corey and Amber have raised him and, um, you know, kind of set the pace for him and what he's doing is is good. Um, now at some point, you know, we talk about like, is it, is he going to get burned out? Like that's going to be a whole nother thing if they, they ever get to that point, but the kid loves riding Yeah. and Corey was the same, you know, he didn't race or ride at that level at his age, but you can definitely see that there's a love for motorcycles. So, um, just got to find a way to manage it that you don't burn them out. So it's like any sport, right? So whether they're playing soccer or playing ice hockey wrestling gymnastics you got to find a way to to kind of not wear them out when they're so young
2: interesting yeah I've always wondered what the uh you know what the you know the mama thinks right the the patriarch of the family uh what <laughs> you kind of thought of uh the notoriety I, I think it's awesome and it's going to do a lot of it does a lot of good for the sport it brings a lot of eyes on it so um yeah it's always I always wanted to uh, see what you thought of that that's cool
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think it's good for, for other parents too. It's kind of like a, a, like, like I've had people like, wait, how does he learn how to do that? And they ask, and these are people that aren't in motorcycle racing at all. So it's kind of cool to see them, you know, getting their grandchildren or their children involved in, you know, in some type of, you know, form of racing, whether it's bikes or motorcycles. So.
1: What's uh. What's the one, what's one thing you think uh, he can work on, mom? What, what we need to X and O on the board?
2: Find like that to. dog in him. Who, Cruz?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. I don't know. He's, he's, he's a <laughs> lot like you, Corey, when you were younger, he's very social. So he, he gets to the track and he's like squirrel as soon as he sees friends. So, um, you know he's sick, so he still has to have fun. You got to make sure he has fun. If he's having fun, he's going to go out and do what he needs to he do. He doesn't like, win;
1: he has to walk home. That's just well. True. So you,
0: he already beats himself up already at that point. But he, it's not about, it's not always about winning. It's sometimes, what have you learned? Like, because I feel like you, you learn more when you lose than when you win. I feel there's more lessons to take away from something
2: when you lose. See Corey, that's what I'm just trying to do. I'm just trying to learn a lot. All right,
1: you know. <laughs> I've never stopped learning. Yeah, yeah that's, that's funny. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I I think it's it's definitely good. Um, every time you you know you lose or he loses, it's like, damn, that sucks, man. Like all the work we've put in. But I'd rather him lose now and and uh, understand that it sucks when it you know at a younger younger age than when you get older. But you're in racing, you're gonna lose everybody in racing loses more than they wins everybody and that's the best riders they lose more than they win so um every win i've i've ever been lucky enough to get especially as i got older i really appreciated it Uh, maybe not even as much as i should have i feel like those last few years mom when i was kind of battling for championships and it was stressful and i tried to take it in and enjoy it but uh it was just hard but with that being said you got my last, uh, AFT victory lab. That's the f- first one you ever got. You got one with Shayna right somewhere. And yes. then you, and then yep. you got one with, uh, with me. So talk, talk about that a little bit. That was, that was cool. Like that whole, it was, it was emotional. It was weird. Like having, it. it was, it
0: was emotional. I mean, the worst part is, is that stupid helmet that they made me put on because the, they just like it on my head and that's the picture that of course you got me for christmas that i have to look at that goofy picture with me in that helmet but it i wouldn't i wouldn't that's what i got
1: you for christmas
0: yeah you and i have no
1: idea amber did i just paid for it so
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean i love it because of what it you know what it commemorates but um yeah i wouldn't change it for anything in the world those i'm so proud of all you guys like um you know, like all of your little, your little things that you do, your successes um, are huge for me. So as a mom, huge. So I did something right. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You did good, mom. You did good. Uh, Every step of the way. It's been, it's been good. And yeah, it was cool. Uh, I didn't, I didn't realize you didn't have a victory lap. I don't think until maybe the night before, like I thought I gave you one at some point and somebody said, I think going into that weekend, somebody was, uh, I think somebody said or something. And I was like, huh? I was like, well, I was going to give her one anyway, but that's special. I was no pressure. And then the first night I, I did really bad. I think I got sixth or something. I was like, I don't know if we're going to get her one. So, and then we, <laughs> uh, we pulled her off the last night, but yeah, that the second, the last night, I remember they, we had a red flag with like six laps ago, yep. And I was, I was, uh, it was like nose to tail. There was like six of us and I was in six and I, that's all I had in the tank. I literally could not make a push moving forward. And Shayna came out, and she was like almost in tears because she knew, like you know, the championship was kind of go- going away. And and she's like, "You got to go for it." I'm like, "I'm trying." I was like, "I this is all I- this is all I have." I was like, "I cannot push forward right now." He was
0: so mad at you. She was so- like, "Yeah."
1: Th- this is what she told me. She said, "On the s- when the light goes green, run up under everybody in the corner and slam into them. I was like, "What?" I was like. I was like <laughs> <laughs> like I've never well, you, heard that from Shana. Yeah, he it it felt
0: fun. you were not riding to your ability, which you, I don't think you were. Like I think you might have thought you were, but I think you were you were trying to be safe, and you weren't riding it's the way safe. you normally ride. Yeah,
2: that's too safe. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, I di- knowing we had a, a the day the the last day, I didn't want to make do anything stupid and take myself out of the out of the running but then dickhead jesse wins the race so it's like <laughs> it kind of hurt hurt us some points the guy i'm battling with i didn't think would uh you know i knew he'd, he'd be a podium guy i didn't know he'd pull off a win the first day so that was uh nah but he he earned it and no nah, it was cool man it was uh it was cool to get you that lap and everything else so um
2: eric you have any more any more questions follow-ups anything the just to- i you know just hearing the last hour of a conversation i don't know how she did it i don't know how she put up with you so <laughs> yeah. I, she's a hero i mean i struggle like just talking to you for an hour on a podcast so yeah god damn yeah. well
0: he's he's a lot he is a lot we all know that but you know what nobody has a kinder heart than he does yep. and yep. wants to do so much for everybody i am I mean, even him, everything he does for the amateurs and people don't appreciate that as much as I think they could or should. And, um, yeah, there's not everybody's going to go out there and and try to to help all those other kids try to get to where he he made it to. So, um, yeah, I'm very proud of you.
1: Gee, mom, thanks. Uh, I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One more for me. Well, okay. obviously going through this injury, it's, it's, it's hell. It sucks. And I retired at the end of 2022. What are the, what are, what are the betting odds, the chances, let's say from zero to hundred percent that I do an AFT race in the future oh. with, with everything, you know, and our conversations with everybody within our inner circle, what are the chances that we see me at an AFT race one more time?
0: Uh, for me, I'd say they were probably high. You're still training. If you have the right, the right team, the right bike, and the right track, you'll definitely do it.
2: I've so, always said before the injury, it was like sixty percent. So I'd love to hear. Yeah, what's your percentage?
0: Oh, I'd say it's probably higher than that. Okay. I like if it. It has to be the right circumstances to get him out there. But if if he gets the right offer, and you know, or Everything just falls into place. Yeah, he'd do it, and I think he'd do it in a heart. He's talking about it. I thought he was going to be out on the Daytona the the first year that, like, right this last year when he just retired. I'm like, and he couldn't do it because everybody was betting that he would at that point. So
1: that's not why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's hard sitting around watching all the. Would boys it be have singles fun. or
2: twins?
0: Uh. I think it depends on the, the bike. Okay. I mean, I could see him doing twins more than singles, but yeah. um, yeah. yeah.
1: How long does, uh, how long does Shayna keep doing this?
0: Not long. I'm ready for some more grand babies.
1: Got one one coming in two weeks.
0: I know, but you know.
1: Yeah. Never enough. (laughs) Never enough.
0: I don't know if she's got she she always told me she was a thing anyway. So hey, Shana. Oh yeah.
1: She's gonna adopt a little Asian baby or something. Oh Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean she's great with kids though. Like um, so but yeah, I want her, she's gotta be done done. Like it's gotta be on her terms and well, Briar I mean, needs great. to
1: step it up so he can provide a paycheck for the family. I mean, fourth and points ain't ain't cutting it, dude. So yeah. Um, yeah, if he doesn't get his shit together, somebody's got, I mean, I might have to come off the couch and, and, uh, make some, you know, make some money for the squad. We need to, uh, get him. What do you, he only had two wins last year. I was like, bro, like what's going on? Like,
2: well, now uh, he's going to be on, uh, Brian Smith's old chassis, right? So he's got, he's going to sweep everything. <laughs> yeah. He should win every race team. for sure. Yeah, I. I wins. think, but, um,
1: but I don't know, man. I mean, he didn't even. He didn't even make one of the main events at Winter Throwdown, so I was, you know, I was. was, Yes, he did. He missed one of the mains.
0: Oh yeah, he missed one of them, but he. Yeah, but I mean, out of all the rate, he's still.
1: Mom, he sucks. Let's just stop. Come on. come on oh man all right well hey my uh my leg is in i am in pain right now if i'm trying to sit in this chair you should see my setup it's <laughs> Let's keep talking. it's embarrassing uh actually mom when you get off this pod can you call amber and keely and tell them to come home me? <laughs> 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 to rescue me yeah uh yeah i haven't uh, taken any like oxy or pain pills for two days but this podcast might have did me in i appreciate all the uh um, the comments and stuff, I'll put, I'll put a check in the mail for you. That's mainly why I need you to boost, boost my, uh, confidence here. So I appreciate you coming on.
0: Yeah. Venmo me.
1: I will. I got you. Yeah. I got, you. I got your Venmo. Uh, oh, real quick, mom too. I just wanted to say, uh, thanks for, uh, it's underrated. And I really appreciate how much you help with a uh, winter throwdown. Um, you and charity do an amazing job. And for anybody listening, my mom, uh, does the registration and rider sign up, for winter throwdown, it's, it's two of them. Um, obviously, Katie helps with the transponders and stuff. But yeah, you guys, you guys crush it. And it's really amazing to have you part of that. And uh, I really appreciate it. I know I probably don't tell you enough, but I couldn't do it without you. And I really uh, appreciate you helping me with that. And uh, man, we, we m- might have to do some more of these races. So I might need you to take some more time off work.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm not ready to retire yet. Either. Yeah. Well, you fly me down. Wanting to fly me down too. All right, which, we'll get
1: you Spirit. What's the Spirit tickets going for? No, the but I'm like, you do
0: realize I still work. Like I still work a 40 hour a week job. Like don't forget that. So yeah,
1: just calling sick. Put you on Spirit. <laughs> put you on Spirit Airlines, and we'll get you. We'll fly you wherever you want to go. Well, I'll even put you up in a hotel. We'll we'll. I'll have my people <laughs> call yours, and we'll make it happen.
0: Okay. Just don't forget right. the rental car too. <laughs>
1: uh yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right. all right. Love you, mom. Thank you. I
0: love you. Yeah. Yep. See you guys. See ya.
1: Right on, man. That was good. Yeah. It was making me a little itchy too much. Uh, Corey talk. I don't like it. So it no, was uh, good. Sometimes was... you gotta,
2: you know, pull the veil back and, uh, open up and let, uh, let the truth out there. I, there's, I can all but guarantee there's going to be people out there that have, you know, anxiety or have OCD, or, you know, just not an understanding of what's going on between the ears. And I think that that stuff's really good to open up. I think I've always said that within the sport, people don't, you know, they don't take their helmet off enough, if you know what I'm saying, where they don't really kind of open up and, and you know, be honest with people. And, you know, everybody's trying to make a living. They want to be good for sponsors and stuff like that. But and, and I get it and respect that. But, you know, on the same token, it's it's cool to be exposed and be raw, you know.
1: I obviously, you know, I agree. He could, I couldn't agree more, man. So it's, uh, yeah, it was good having her on. I, I, like I said, I think, uh, homie was joking about just saying your mom. And I'm like, you know what? I think, I think that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one for me yep. to ease into with, uh, the way I'm kind of feeling right now. But, uh, anything else before we wrap this up, man? Anything else in the sport? Uh, obviously, I'm down here in Florida. We're going to do a preview pod here in the near future. Uh, I'm volunteering yeah. Jesse Janish to come on with us and we'll do an <laughs> AFT preview pod. I'm working on some interview pods. I'm trying to get some people lined up for that and uh, try to keep this rolling. But uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I don't, is there any, really anything going on? Dude, I don't see shit. Like I, well, this
2: weekend up in Salem is the, uh, the cherry city classic. I've called it the cherry picker classic cause Davis is, uh, flying out and he's going to, it's the last indoor up here. All the, uh, the Pacific Northwest riders are getting together and uh yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun. There's um so there's, the, I mean, there's a lot of racing going on up here or whatever, but I don't, yeah, I don't really know what all is going on around the country. It's kind of that quiet time of the year where everybody's just itching for the season to start. And uh yeah, I, I'm, I'm, it sucks. Let's go. Hurry up. I can't wait for the first round. It's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for it. We actually went up to South Carolina a few days before I had surgery and did uh, a little race up there at Masters Motorplex. That was cool. It yeah, was really track. cool track and there were some pretty good riders up there to watch run and uh Cody Cop, Sammy Halbert, Evan Trent. Uh Walker Porter did really well, man. So it was uh it was cool to to get up there and Cruz got the ride with uh, there wasn't a lot of kids up there, but he got the ride with like the Nickens kids who are they go really well. And uh yeah, it was cool to get some c- good competition. I was up stoked
2: there. to uh to see Sammy on that Rotax. I I've always really liked uh Dylan's Rotax, and then to see Sammy helped yeah, that, nice. that was that was badass. So yeah, that's a know.
1: nice, nice bug. Yeah, he he came up because he knows that, like he's heard the podcast where I say like is suck. And I guess I should be clear. I don't like Rotexes and I fucking stand on that. I've never been I've never been a Rotex fan, but obviously I think they uh they obviously have their time and place. And oh, I yeah. think the way the track was, uh, it was really like it wasn't grooved up in the corners, but it was grooved up on the straightaways. So it was like dry and skittery looking, like kind of in the corners. And that that kind of track, yeah, Rotex would be awesome. But I think the way the DTX bikes are now and how good these kids are at riding them, I think nine 19 times out of 20 uh dtx bikes just get the job done i mean you put you put evan or you know cody cop i mean cody is road framers but you put guys on the rotex it's just, it, they're just not gonna it's it's a vintage bike essentially but yeah. but mike dylan's got it he, i will say he's got a uh really nice uh rotex that thing was fast like once he got that thing going down the straightaway yeah <laughs> uh, and sammy looked good man i'll give uh give sammy some some props he looked he looked really good on that thing. Uh, Evan looked really, really good. I'm, I'm happy with, with Evan. His results weren't fourth and a second, but if you watch the races on flat track flashback, my buddy Scotty Taylor's YouTube page, Evan was, he looked great. He's, he was riding really hard and Trent won the dash for cash and Cruz got a win. And overall it was, uh, it was a really, really good experience, uh, experience going up there and, uh, and racing up there. So yeah, in the meantime, We'll put together a list. Uh, we're gonna do a preview pod. We'll probably do the top ten in and singles and twins. Kind of talk about some underdogs, some sleepers, some favorites, and we'll go along that list. But appreciate everybody that subscribes to the podcast and yeah, leaves us reviews, comments, shares it. Dude, it, it helps a lot. It 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 keeps us kind of motivated, keeps us rolling. And yeah, appreciate appreciate everybody who reached out after uh, surgery too. Man, I've been so bored and. It's nice to have people reaching out and, uh, yeah, I, I need to stay off like the, <laughs> Facebook and stuff. Just, I've been bored. So I just, I don't want to get like, I, did you see the meat? There's more media stuff. Like there was, uh, somebody like, the, there's a lot going on right now with photo credit and people, <laughs> people posting stuff and, and thinking it's outrageous that people want photo credit. And it's, it's just these old heads that have been around the sport for a long time and, One guy was like, yeah, you know, back in the day, no one cared about photo credits like jackass. We didn't have Internet like we didn't have social media. (laughs) People bought they bought eight by tens from these photographers. That would be like going into an eight by ten, going into their folder and just pulling out a photo and taking it. So it's uh, I'm
2: sure that it's going to be a very eh, hot take, but I'm, I'm sorry. But the sport as a whole needs to do better and have a better understanding of these riders name image and likeness and start to treat the writers like the professional entities that they are And the same for the photographers they are creating content and there is a money value to the usage of their content and to the money or their end value of using a writer's name image and likeness and i think the sport will grow and do better when more people respect that and i'm gonna that is a hill i'm willing to run up and die on
1: yeah same man and it's like some of the comments are just they just don't get it like and people like yeah. really well-known people and former racers they they they're liking the comments about we shouldn't have to give photo credit or buy photos bear, it's like sean bear no
2: awesome. no no he
1: no i i didn't see i um on that one i that was more of a i think a misunderstanding but other other riders on that on that page man they they literally it was uh They, they just don't understand. Um, and dude, it's a fine line right now. Right. So I, I won't, I mean, it's people are asking questions like, well, you know, why don't you have watermarks on your, uh, promotion photos? I'm like, bro, I, I partner with Mariah and, or, or I buy the photos, I get permission and I tag people. So, you know, they, they just don't get it. And even taking a photo that's watermarked, like that's still stealing photos, (laughs) It's stealing (laughs) photos and your content looks like shit. So, yeah. It's just, we just need to do better. Nobody's perfect. Obviously I, I've, I've done stuff that I shouldn't have. Um, but the more I learned about the the media side of it and it's just respecting the sport. Honestly, it helps grow the sport. Like buying photos from these photographers keeps them employed or gives them money to put back into their cameras and, and build their, their repertoire of, <laughs> of equipment. And, it's just you know, and then people. I say something like that, and then people go. Someone will make the comment, "Oh, you you can't make money in this sport." It's like, well, that's a fucking no. bad bad mentality yeah. to have. That's why do you what 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 do these kids shoot for then, or what are their dreams of being pro racers if you tell them they're not going to make money in in this sport? Like, how do we grow the sport if you can't sustain it for, for where guys can make money? Like, when people aren't making money, it's not a professional sport anymore. It's a hobby. Like, if we want to be like Supercross and MotoGP and To a much bigger extent, F1, we need to take that narrative out of the sport. That's just a bad, that's just a lazy way of saying you didn't make it.
2: Um, I've always said that the funny thing about flat track is, and, you know, Billy, you can edit this out if you want, but I've always said that it's a very conservative fan base, but they want the sport to be socialist. And they they want everything for, you know, like not they want everything for free, but they they don't want to pay for, you know, content. They think there should be handouts, you know, and I'm talking about a lot of the old heads. And it's like, yeah. what, what, what I want. To, who, yeah. Who you, the hell did you vote for?
1: <laughs> yeah, too trust me. I mean, you can't you can't grow the sport if it doesn't want to be grown. And I I tweeted that like last week or so ago. I mean, everybody wants, you know, oh, these riders need to get paid more. And then, you know, you you say something that. Would make that happen, and you're you're outlandish for saying something like that. It's like, oh, that's like that's all he cares about, or you know, that it's like, dude, I like you can't have you can't have both ends of it. Um, do you want it to grow? Do you want it? Do you want more riders? Do you want people to make money? Do you want better coverage? Do you want you know more media? Then some of this shit needs to happen, and and you guys need to do a better job, man. It's it's crazy seeing some of these fans and. Some of their uh, some of the stuff they're saying, like if you have no fucking idea on something, maybe sit this one out. Like, there's people that were saying stuff, and I'm just like, homie, you can Google this. Like, it's pretty fucking common. Uh, you don't see me on figure skating forums talking about figure skating because I don't know a fucking thing about it. So, if you don't know anything about the sport and you're gonna argue with a guy that's not, I mean, not just me, but you're gonna argue with people that have done this their whole lives and lived every aspect of it from a rider, promoter uh, fan, like, you know, it's just crazy. Like the, the confidence yeah. people have on the internet, it's like, you guys need to sit this one out. Like you have no idea. So, uh, anyway, that's my Ted talk. You guys, the fans need to do better. Um, if we want this sport to grow, you guys got to do your part, man. And we've said this on the pod multiple times, just, uh, let's, let's grow this sucker, dude. It's, it's, it's time. It's past due. We need to, we need to get where we deserve to be. And the riders deserve to be. So, Uh, With that being said, shout out Mission Foods, Roof Systems for supporting the podcast, all our other sponsors. My leg is throbbing, bro. I'm out of here. Thanks for coming on, Eric. Until next time, we out.